Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Blaze. Service Delivery Watch, we are joined by Princess Mtombeni, who is the founder of Africa for Nuclear. Uh, Princess has boldly written um, an open letter to the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment um, Minister, Minister Barbara Creasy, and we want to know what's contained in this letter, and I'm sure it is around nuclear energy. Good morning, Princess, and thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, and good morning to everyone listening. Tell us, what does your open letter say to the Honourable Minister Barbara Creasy? My open letter um, simply mentions the accreditation process for COP28, which recently took place in Dubai. Um, so what happened is that prior to COP, we applied uh, through the, uh, the DFFE office to get the accreditation. And what happens is that at COP, uh, we have two venues. It's, it's divided into two venues. There's blue zone venue and there's green zone venue. To access the green zone, then you do not need any accreditation because there's no member states there. But to access the blue zone, you need accreditation. Uh, and then it comes in a form of badges, and those badges are categorized in different colors. Then the pink color is the badge you get from your government. Now, I'm part of the African Young Generation in Nuclear. We have people from different countries, such as Ghana, Kenya, Sierra Leone and others, and, and those people were able to apply through their government to get the pink badges. And when I applied uh, as Africa for Nuclear through the Department of the Forestry, Fisheries and, and Environmental, I got a response um, which simply said to me they are not um, in a position to offer civil society groups badges. Uh, they only uh, give to negotiate, government negotiators. And um, then I was able to get a badge through the BRICS Youth Energy Agency president, who is a Russian. I managed to get to COP. Then I get to COP. To my surprise, there are many people who are wearing pink badges, uh, government badges, but are not government negotiators, including the anti, the well-known anti-nuclear people from uh, a, a, an NGO called SAFSE and EarthLife Africa. So my letter was addressing those concerns to ask how then um, is, is, is it possible that some people cannot be afforded badges while other people are afforded badges. And all those people, they were, they were talking the same language. And that same language is, is about renewables only. And nuclear was, big, uh, uh, was a part and parcel of uh, COP28 because we had 22 member states announcing um, or signing the pledge, rather, to triple nuclear by 2050. Princess, from what you're describing, and obviously um, we, we are taking your word for it from the, the open letter that you've written, there's a discrepancy in the accreditation 
or the 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 what I need to put it correctly. There's a discrepancy in the giving of authority so you can get accreditation for attending COP28. And the discrepancy was that pro-nuclear organizations and individuals were not given that by the department. But those who are anti-nuclear and pro-renewables were given. Now, in this discrepancy, what does it say to us when it comes to an energy mix? Because in South Africa, we are really struggling with electricity. Yes, we are happy that for the last, you know, couple of hours or so, <laughs> day two, we haven't seen much load shedding. But our country is really being marred with, um, with, with not having enough supply of electricity. So what does this mean uh, when there is such a discrepancy from the department itself? It means that the department is infiltrated with people who are pushing a certain agenda uh, because South Africa itself recently announced uh, the procurement of 2,500 megawatts of nuclear uh, energy capacity by the minister in the electricity. So um, it, it's very surprising that uh, when another government department is announcing the nuclear plans, um, but another department is completely shutting down the you know the, the the opportunity to discuss those plans with the international community or even show the international community that we are not left behind as a country we are also following through what the globe is is, is doing which is tripling nuclear energy capacity and um, really, I, I cannot blame the minister. Probably she's not even in charge of issuing those pages, but it's people in, in that department who are really just pushing their agenda and, 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 and not doing what the country or following what the policies of the country are, are, are doing. You say there's a couple of member states at uh, COP28 who um, came up uh, forward to saying nuclear energy is the way they are going uh, forward with. Which countries are these? It's actually 22 nations. Uh, they signed a pledge to triple nuclear energy capacity in the world by 2050. And that pledge was led by Americans and uh, there were also countries such as United Kingdom, France, and there were even African countries such as Ghana and, and Tunisia. There, were Pol- there, there was Poland and, and many other countries who came and said, we realize that and we acknowledge that the net zero carbon emissions by 2050 not, will not be realized unless we include nuclear as part of the energy mix. And now this discrepancy. What are you expecting after uh, having written this open letter? I'm just expecting Minister to respond to me and, and probably uh, tell me how exactly they issue out badges. For all we know, maybe those other pin badges were received from DECO, which is the International Relations Department. But the Minister is the one who leads the COP delegation. And in my knowledge, because I've attended... Two, two cops previously, uh, which was in Glasgow, the, the first one, and the second one was in Egypt um, last year. And I know that government is able to issue out badges. They have unlimited badges. 
So I don't know what extent or what justification the minister is going to give you, but I do hope that there is a justification to say we were not able to afford you badges because our process or our criteria to give process are this and that. I really do wish that uh, we get a response uh, so we can hear both sides of uh, this particular um, conundrum. Um, the side of uh, the the department and the minister as much as we referred your side. Because at the end of the day, what is required for South Africa to have consistent power is hands that come together um, and create an energy mix. Are there discussions amongst all these groups, uh, the pro-nuclear um, groups and the pro-renewable uh, energy groups? Are there discussions um, amongst yourselves to ensure that there is a move towards a, a, a good and balanced energy mix. Yes, my colleague, there are discussions, but unfortunately those discussions are happening in silos. Uh, you find that uh, the renewables group uh, are pushing on the renewables, 100% renewables in South Africa, whereas with nuclear group, I am part of the nuclear group, and I have not had a single person in the nuclear group saying uh, we want nuclear only. We want the energy mix that includes nuclear, coal, renewables, and, and other technologies. But then when it comes to discussing, that means we have to discuss in silos because now there's you know, this uh, fight between technologies which is unnecessary and is not going to help this country. There are countries uh, that are pushing and have been, um, you know, having a good energy mix. They don't struggle with electricity the way we do. Why is there still such a negative outlook, especially on nuclear energy? And I understand the fossil fuels, um, but that's what's currently the biggest uh, portion of where we get our um, uh, power from as South Africans. But why such negativity on nuclear? Let me start by saying every developed nation, uh, it has an energy mix that includes nuclear. And if we undeveloped or uh, underdeveloped nations were to consider the same energy mix um, that is at the developed nations, we would also be able to achieve a lot in, a lot in terms of development. Uh, but um, the push towards nuclear, uh, I, I'm going to speak from an African perspective, obviously it's a global uh, campaign which is funded. <laughs> it, it has a lot of funding. So uh, uh, the push um, when it comes to South Africa, number one, we have NGOs who are funded uh, by foreign uh, businesses and others. Uh, to to be against nuclear because if you check those people they would rather have coal than nuclear so their campaign is 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 thoroughly um you know uh, based on being anti-nuclear and now what they are using things such as nuclear is expensive it takes longer to build then you wonder if people are economists or people are environmentalists. Because if you are an environmentalist, you would worry more about climate change and environment than uh, talking about the issues of uh, it's it's costly and all of that. And also, how people have reached the conclusion that nuclear is costly is, is a surprise to us because South Africa has not issued the request for proposals where you know different technology vendors come now and pitch to say, I will build nuclear in South Africa with this much.
So they they use those things, and they also use scare, um, you know the fear mongering, uh, uh, the things such as uh, there is a, but there is a nuclear waste of which if you go around the world, uh, France has over seventy percent of nuclear um, of of, of electro, their total electricity coming from nuclear, from nuclear. Then it, there has never been an incident where uh, somebody is sick or somebody is dying because they've been exposed to nuclear waste. In fact, this is the only industry that takes care of its waste. Other industries, we don't know what happens uh, with with their waste. So it, in, in South Africa, that's what they are using. Like it's costly, and then they fear people to say, but there's nuclear waste. But we all know the agenda is not to have um, a stable supply of electricity in South Africa. Sure. Now, the nuclear waste um, topic is one I think needs to be explored in much more detail. But because we've already touched on it, maybe let's let's go through it a bit. Uh, The the health groups, uh, the anti-nuclear groups, those who live close to the Kruberg, are citing some issues, um, you know, health issues because of uh, nuclear energy. So if you're saying that in France there hasn't been any incidents, and I know Russia is another country that has uh, a nuclear technology that is working quite well, um, and then the, the incidents of late have not been reported. We've never heard of anything. How can we lay to rest all the, the you know, the speculations around nuclear waste and its impact on health? Number one, there's really no issues with Quebec or people who stay in the uh, Quebec surroundings. Quebec started operating in 1984, and it has been generating nuclear waste since then, which is well taken care of. And I think the mistake that people make uh, is that is to think that the nuclear waste comes only from uh, nuclear power plants. Um, NEXA also generates waste, and NEXA, which is the research reactor in Pelindaba, it started operating in 1965. It has been generating nuclear waste, which has spent fuel. And every operator, it's the law, the International Atomic Energy Agency law, that they need to take care of their waste. And that, and those operators are regulated by the um, by the national regulator, which in South Africa is um, yeah, in the national nuclear regulator NSR in, in Centurion, to make sure that people in, in the environment are not exposed to, radi- to radiation. But you are correct in saying we need to explore the topic more so that people understand what exactly do we mean by nuclear waste. Because we also get nuclear waste from hospitals. And people are not aware of that. So we need to talk about the different categories of nuclear waste and how they get to be managed going forward. Well, uh, that will be a topic for another uh, day, Princess. Um, but I'm glad that you got to get um, uh, your accreditation to attend uh, the COP28. And um, the knowledge that you gained there uh, hopefully will also have uh, some opportunity for you to share with us and some of the resolutions uh, that came up from to- uh, COP28 that could assist South Africa when it comes to the energy crisis. Please do keep us abreast uh, once you have response from your open letter. I will do so. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And if people have any inquiries around nuclear energy, since you are from Africa for Nuclear, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, please follow me on, uh, I'm on all social media platforms. 
uh, starting from LinkedIn, where I'm Princess Ntombeni, and I'm also on TikTok as a Prince Ntombeni. But we also have a, a, a Twitter account as Africa for Nuclear, which is at Africa4N, and uh, we are also on Instagram. So I'm everywhere. Please do follow me. Thank you very much, Princess Mtombeni. Uh, have a great weekend further. Happy Kwanzaa and uh, happy Christmas. Yeah, and happy uh, Christmas to you too, Uncle Leg and your listeners.